Okay, I'm back again, and I wanted to be clear that I understand that a lot of stuff that I say may not be, you know, completely correct or what everybody else is aware of at all times, but I realize that um, I'm learning and I'm growing as a Christian, and even though I've been Christian Baptist my whole life, I feel like I've really only been a real Christian for like seven months because I thought that I knew Jesus. I thought that I knew what I believed. I was baptized at seven and I've only ever been Christian ever since. I've loved the Bible. I've I've known I was a demon slayer my whole life. I've been, you know, reading the Bible. I've been immersed into Christianity, but only in the past seven months have I really truly accepted Jesus into my heart in the way that I was supposed to. So I believe that a lot of us as Christians, we live that way. We think that we're Christians. We like, I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So of course I'm a Christian. And it's really just so much more than that. But it's not so much to the point where I want to scare somebody off and make them believe, well, I can't be a Christian then. Or I'm not good enough to be a Christian. Or I can't, I don't have the... You know, I don't have enough integrity. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough spirit to be a Christian then if it takes all that. And in reality, it really doesn't take anything. It just takes truly accepting it into your heart. And that's where the disconnect comes in. But it's not your fault. See, you're still a Christian. But the problem is that, and I hate to make this a white or black issue, but to be quite honest with you, white people and people outside of our race definitely know that we're the true Hebrew Israelites, black people, and that we're the holy nation. And that if we was to stick together and if we knew who we really were, there would be no chance for them. And we would, you know, we would have the power and authority we're supposed to have, which means that we wouldn't be out here sinning. We would know exactly who Jesus is. Matter of fact, we would have access to him at all times, speaking to him on a daily basis because he is our brother. And that's exactly how we're supposed to feel about him. He's supposed to be like a brother. How often are you around your brother or siblings? Are you able to call them up and, and, and speak to them um, at any time? And that being said, when you request something from them, how long does it take before you get a response? See, a lot of people, they don't really like to, you know, speak about Christianity or spirituality in that way because they say all these prayers I sent up and I've never gotten a response or I've never gotten an answer to them. But if we were standing our power and our authority, you get an answer immediately. Just as if you're speaking to somebody in a conversation. Why would he not answer you? That being said, he still does answer our prayers all the time. I know he does. And a lot of people can attest to that. But I'm saying that you could have a better relationship with him in a way where your prayers are being answered immediately. Whether it, whether that be a yes or a um, maybe you should do this instead. Or um, maybe go down this route instead. And a lot of people take you know they a lot of people say why well, my prayers are being answered in that way i'm if it's not you know if i'm being rejected then i know that it's something better for me or otherwise i would have it and that's a yes that's true but what i'm saying is that there's so many of us who are not awake there's so many of us who are asleep there's so many of us who have this veil over our minds and our hearts and we haven't really truly accepted the our lord jesus christ into our hearts and 
as our Lord and Savior and accepted that he really died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins because we're not looking at him like we're supposed to. And the fact of the matter is, um, people say it doesn't matter if he's portrayed as white because if he's black, then he's just black or, or if Jesus is still Jesus no matter what color he is. That is a lie. That is the biggest lie I ever heard in my life because I'm telling you, I knew that it was a lie before, but the Lord wouldn't have shown up and showed me himself in the way that he showed up and showed me himself if color didn't matter. Because I, my whole life, I thought he was white. That never stopped me from praising him how I did. That never stopped me from believing in him like I did. That never stopped me from accepting him as my Lord and Savior. And as soon as he showed me he was black, the everything changed. He showed me he was black. Our Lord Jesus Christ is black and so is God. And so us not knowing and not having that representation or him not being portrayed as black is blocking our hearts. It's keeping the veil over our hearts and our minds. And we need to, we definitely need to understand that that matters. Because imagine the most perfect man in the world was a black man. The only perfect man in the whole entire our whole entire existence was a black man. God, who makes no mistakes, who cannot be beat, who is the creator of all creation, a black man. Well, he's not a man, but he's black. So this matters because we as black people, we're being portrayed as thugs. We're being portrayed as liars, thieves, and um, we're being portrayed as criminals. And we're never portrayed as what we actually are, the holy people. And when we are, it's like people believe, oh, that's just a small group of people. Or even when, you know, that, that group of people decides to dedicate their lives to God, they're still sinning or they're still not living the way that they're supposed to. And maybe there's some truth to that. But the fact of the matter is, if we were portrayed how we're supposed to be portrayed and Jesus was portrayed as a black man, I'm sure a lot of more black people would accept that that's who I truly am on the inside. The first thing that I had to come to terms with when the Lord showed me himself was that, I'm so glad somebody sees me for who I actually am. That was the real unveiling, being seen for who I was on the inside. And a lot of us black people, we have a shell of who we are because we're portrayed as a certain type of way on TV. And whether you think that matters or not, it really does. You're brainwashed into believing you're a bad person, that you're not supposed to be living in the way Jesus told you to, and that that's some type of slavery. And... In reality, the slavery is not knowing that Jesus was black and not knowing that he's for you and not knowing that we're the holy people and not knowing what you're capable of and not knowing who you really are. So when Jesus unveils you, the whole just dirty shell comes off of you and you're able to be who you are on the inside, who your heart truly is, who you've always been. But instead, we attack each other because we're brainwashed into doing it. And instead, we fight. And instead, we lie, cheat, steal, etc. Even though all races do that, what I'm saying is it's always looked at as worse when black people do it. Why? And we say why? Because we are the holy people who are supposed to be setting an example. But since we don't actually have that portrayed on TV since children like white people do, we're convinced that, you know, only white people are really that good. Only white people are really that perfect. Only white people can really be that, you know, amazing and holy when really we are the holy ones. 
And that's the problem. If we all saw ourselves like Jesus, because that's who we are. Jesus is black and beautiful. Them changing his skin tone is indicative of them believing that, you know, black is not beautiful. Was black not good enough for you? Was a black Jesus not good enough for you? And the first thing they would say if we asked to have Jesus portrayed as black, the first thing that they would say is, why does color matter? If Jesus is black, then he's black. But why does it matter if he's if he's portrayed as black or not? Does that stop you from, you know, praising Jesus the way you're supposed to? Well, take your own advice. Take your own advice. Because if that's the case, why did you change his color to begin with? It's in the Bible. He's not white. It's in the Bible how he looks. So why did you change his color? That being said, you cannot, you really can't you know be upset that's that upset about it because you have to understand that anybody who's willing to go against god or anybody who's willing who doesn't have the fear of god is already a lost cause and they know where they're going and they are not they're not even trying anymore now that being said i'm not including the white people who simply do not know but the fact of the matter is god has shown up in a way where i'm sure he's shown up in your life is scripture that you know actually coincides to this that god has shown up to everybody there's no man woman child on this earth or planet that god hasn't shown himself to because he's god and he loves us all and we're his people and he made us so that being said if he showed himself to you now i will say that i didn't actually see him as a black god until i was 20 years old but to be quite honest with you um i still knew he was black I still knew it like it was just I don't know if it was just embedded in my soul or it's because we're the true Hebrew Israelites. I still knew he was black. So when he showed up, it wasn't surprising. That wasn't the surprising part. What was surprising to me was that he was so mad. So to be quite honest with you, it's like our souls already know. So there's no there's no way I believe that a white person here on earth truly does not know that God is black. Now, you know, matter of fact, I take that back. I will believe that you didn't know it, but I'm sure he's shown himself to you. And if he hasn't shown himself to you, he will. And if he hasn't yet and somebody and everybody or no, if anybody tells you he's black and you're not accepting of that, then that's an issue. Now, it's another thing where you're like, OK, if he's black, he's black. I'm still going to worship him, worship him the same. Good. But if you feel like if he's a black God, you cannot worship him or that's not true or that's blasphemous. You need to read your Bible because the Bible says exactly what the Lord looks like. That his feet were the color of brass, that his voice was like roaring waters. His hair was white as snow and it was reflect, not reflective. It was um, similar to sheep's wool. The texture is similar similar to sheep's wool. Now I want you to look up sheep. Now, no sheep that from the beginning of the earth until now has ever had slick, silky hair. Sorry. Sheep's wool is very, very matted and very, like, considered, quote unquote, nappy. So, it's really curly. Sheep's wool is matted. You cannot run your fingers through sheep's wool. No. Sheep's wool is like black people's hair. You would spend time like actually detangling sheep's wool if you wanted to see it silky. And you still wouldn't unless you place products on it. That being said, 
how how is we how is Jesus portrayed to be some white man with blue eyes? Oh, and also the scripture says his eyes are red, like fire. So why is he always being portrayed as a white man with blue eyes, green eyes? I've seen all these different colored eyes, never red like fire. And he's white, and he has silky hair. That makes no that makes absolutely no sense. When the Lord showed up and showed me who he was, he was a black man. And everything made sense. As soon as he showed up, everything made sense. So I want to be clear that any people, any person who can change that scripture when at the end of most chapters, it says anyone who changes anything in this Bible is subject to the plagues in it. And if you know about the different plagues in the Bible, if you even say you believe in him or love him at all, and you change that and you don't care and you're not reflective of what this Bible teaches and what it actually says, then how can I ever trust you? How are you trustworthy? Why would I ever want to be anywhere near you? You are not, you don't even fear God. There's no reason for us ever to associate. You don't fear God. God who can snap and take your breath right now. God who can leave you alive and torture you every second of your life. God who can send you to hell where you'll be tortured for eternity. You don't even fear God. Like, why? And then it's like, then you say this and people say that's racist, but it's not racist. It's racist to have changed God's color when you know what color he is. That's racist. Because why did you need to change his color? What made that more, you know, what 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 was the reason for why you felt like changing his color made it more, helped you understand him better or portrayed him better? Or was a better option? Nothing. There's no reason besides the fact that you don't want black people to know who they truly are. Now, black people not knowing who they truly are, obviously, I want to say that we have to take some responsibility for that. Because in the midst of all this trouble, in the midst of all these lies, in the midst of never seeing him portrayed as black, I still knew it. It never stopped me from loving him. But that still doesn't change the fact that I wasn't able to truly connect and understand that I hadn't truly accepted him until he showed himself to me seven months ago. Maybe less. So it does matter how he's portrayed. We do need to see him as black because we need to see ourselves how we truly are. Like I said, the best part about it, the most revealing part about it was understanding that I was able to be seen for who I truly am. When I go out into this world, I understand how I look. I understand how I'm profiled. I understand how I'm stereotyped. I understand that I can't go inside a store without being followed around because they think I'm going to steal. I understand that I can't drive around in a car in any city without being, you know, at least noticed by a police officer or having to worry about being noticed by a police officer. And I, I got to worry about if they think my car is going to be stolen, if they're going to pull me over for no reason. Do they care if my tags is up to date? Everything has to be perfect because if they find any flaw, I'm, I'm going to get the book thrown at me and I'm going to actually be bothered anyways for no reason. So you could say that this stuff doesn't matter, but it does. It truly does. So when I see myself as that, that's how I start acting. That's how we start acting. When that's how we that's how we all see ourselves. That's the only way we ever see ourselves is fighting. And not for the right things because we don't know who we really are. So when the Lord showed me that he knows who I really am, he sees through this shell of a being that they have forced us to acquire because we don't know who we are. 
because we're not being portrayed correctly, because we don't know who Jesus is. That was, I feel like it's a un, it's unfair. But I guess I was okay with it, or not okay with it, but I guess I could, I could handle that knowing that it's way more unfair for them to have to accept that they are not the true holy people. They're not the direct descendants of Christ. And they don't get to experience the blessings that we get to experience once we accept our inheritance. But the problem comes, we have to accept our inheritance first. So that's what I'm telling you. When they when they change the way Christ looks, they're keeping us from our inheritance. They're saying if we can't have it, nobody will. So why would you allow them to take that from you? Why would you allow that? Because you can say, oh, this peace walk that Jesus tells you to do and all this other stuff is not oh, is not the way we can live in the world that we're living in today. Because when it comes down to it, you know, I realize that, you know, when you go out into this world, like it forces you to kind of harden up. It kind of forces you to harden your heart if you think of it like that. But that usually comes because we don't know as a people, as a whole, who we are. As long as we're divided, it's everyone for themselves. And so as long as it's everyone for themselves, and yes, you do have to harden your heart. Because the worst portrayal could come from your brother or your sister or your mother or your father. So, yes, you do have to harden your heart. But then I'm saying that you don't. You really don't. Because, but that comes after knowing who Jesus is. Once you see that Jesus was a black man, it all makes sense. Of course, Jesus was a black man. The only perfect man to have ever existed was a black man, of course. Of course, the man who accepted everyone, regardless of their mistakes and regardless of their flaws and regardless of their um shortcomings was a black man of course of of course the man who decided to lay his life down for everyone who's ever who's ever existed whoever does exist and whoever will exist and give them a fighting chance to get into heaven was a black man of course of course it never made sense when that was a white man because the first thing you think was was he only laying down his life for white people or was it for black people too and if it was for black people, what kind of black people? All black people or just, you know, the kind they accept? But since it's a black man, you don't ask those kind of questions. I'm sorry, you just don't. Because it makes more sense. Especially if you're black, you know. It makes more sense. A black man will lay his life down and not ask a question about who it is he's laying his life down for. Well, I don't I can't really speak for all black men, but I can definitely speak for a perfect one. So that being said, it makes so much sense. It connects us. It reconnects us. And that was quite literal, not only just, you know, metaphorical. I didn't just metaphorically, you know, understand him better. Oh, I get it now. I can really connect to him now. No, literally my whole heart opened up. I felt it in my spirit but you can't feel that if you don't allow yourself to believe it first and you can't believe it first if you don't even know what to believe 
It's not your fault. But the problem is that as a people, you know, we're misled, we're divided, we're veiled, we're confused. And it takes that one person. It always takes that one person to have to be crucified or have to. I mean, Jesus already died for the forgiveness of all all of our sins. So I'm not taking, you know, I'm not saying that anybody else could do that now. That's been done. What I'm saying is now it's just it's a pattern. Like even before Jesus, all of the prophets that God sent for us were crucified. All of the prophets that God sent for us were always up against everyone. They always had to fight for the truth. They always had to fight everyone for the truth. Not everyone, but most of us. And that's what that's the pattern now. And when Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that was supposed to break that pattern. Now no prophet has to be, you know, has to die, you know, for the truth, for the forgiveness. Because the Messiah has done it. The Son of God has done it. It's been done. Now it's done. But the fact of the matter is, it's still true. Just like he died. Just like he said in the Bible. They hated me first, so they will hate you. They crucified me, so they will crucify you. They rejected me, so they will reject you. So it's a pattern. Anyone who comes preaching even the name of Jesus is crucified, battered, beaten, abused. Because... They don't want the truth. They don't want the truth. This world does not want the truth. And obviously, me being a Christian and seeing what's going on, I understand that this is all in the spirit. It's all in the spirit first. It's definitely all in the spirit first. Because, I mean, if when it comes down to it, the reason why you can't even say Jesus' name in certain crowds around certain people is because of what's going on in their spirit. The reason why you cannot be for Jesus in certain regions around certain areas is because of what's going on in the spirit, in the entire area. Someone said that when you go to different areas and different regions, they have different demons and different spirits assigned to those regions, which is usually reflective of how the entire area operates. So that being said, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I can give you a general understanding of what usually happens in Cleveland, Ohio. What usually happens in Cleveland, Ohio is people get robbed. People get stolen from. People get beat up. Sometimes for no reason, just walking down the street. Literally as a game, as a joke. Um... People smoke weed all day and drink all day to master issues and problems. People kill each other for next to nothing because we don't care. And when I say we, I'm including myself because that's where I'm from. But reality, in reality, I care. I definitely care. And what you don't see is people love God. They love him because I'm pretty sure each and every single last one of them has some type of experience or story where God has shown up 
has definitely protected them from something and has made himself very clear and known. I am a demon slayer. When I started praying over Cleveland, this demon showed up and, and presented itself to me. I scrolled down my timeline on Instagram and it was a page and there's pages about everybody who dies on a daily basis. And there's never a day that goes by where there's not at least one person had died, got shot or killed in Cleveland. So I go on this page and I just pray over each and every single post. Pray for their families, pray for them, pray for the strength for them, pray for God to protect them and pray that it, do, it stops happening. At least slow it down. Hopefully my prayer. I know my prayers work. I know anybody's prayers work. So I ask. Hoping to receive. Asking you shall receive. And one day. I'm praying. And it's like. It's been like maybe. Uh, I'll say probably. I want to say months. I do it. I, I do it all the time. I really can't track it. But this was probably. A, a, a week. Specifically. Where it was Super. I was just, it was consecutive. It was in a row where I would just pray all day, all day, all day, all day, worry about God, praying, reading my Bible, and praying over these people. And as usually, and like most days, it was the only reason I even got on Instagram just to find, you know, this page and pray over these men, over these women. Yes, women and children. And. I prayed one day and as I was praying this demon showed up and it forced a smile on my face it forced a sinister smile on my face and it laughed I heard it it laughed and I cried it laughed and I cried so half of my face was smiling forcefully I had no control and the other half of my face was crying and I said, that's not me. I know that's not me because my heart breaks every time I see this stuff. It hurts so bad that I cry when I pray and I can't stop thinking about it for days. And, and just like, this is all I care about. And I pray so hard. that I know that the Lord is right there crying with me. I can feel his presence and this this demon shows up and it's this demon is just so angry but I don't know if I would call it anger because I mean demons are always angry but this demon is just determined to ruin Cleveland and this demon is just smiling and it says and it laughs sinisterly like I don't want to imitate his laugh, but like a villain laugh. Mwahahaha. A real sinister laugh. And I said, who are you? And the demon is so confident. Stop it. You know who I am. And I'm just. Why are you here? Stop it. You know why I'm here. And. I was just, it doesn't matter. You won't win. Because at this point, what else can I say? Can I say, can I ask more questions? Because he's right. I know who he is. I know why he's here. And now the only thing left to say is that you know that you're not going to win. That's why you're here. 
you haven't showed up before. Well, actually, the demon always shows up. But to be quite honest with you, it never showed up in that way. And demons don't ever get that bold until their time is up. I'm telling you right now, if a demon is... If a demon is tormenting you or oppressing you to the point where it's in your face and bothering you, every single thing that you do and say won't get out of your face. What do people do when they they don't they can't let you go when they can't stand and see you win? What do they do? They don't get out of your face. They don't get out of your business. They don't get out of your space. They stay right there because if they turn away for a second, they they will have lost. They will have missed it. That's what demons do. You know that anybody who does that, that's reflective of a spirit behind them. But even so, that's what demons do. When they're about to lose, when they're about to die, when their time is up, that's when they spend the most time trying to convince you that it'll never end. That this will always happen. That nothing's ever going to change. Because if they can get you to believe that and turn away and say, oh, forget it. Nothing's ever going to change then guess what happens they get to live another day but usually when they come their time is up regardless even if you turn away right now they're still gone because by the time they get there no they're always there but by the time they're showing up in that way it's there it's already first of all god already declared the victory it's already been determined that they're dying they're going to die it's it for them their time is up and so when this demon showed up as boldly as it did, I couldn't believe it because I know I'm a demon slayer. I, I'm not trying to brag, but I would go on with my day smoking and drinking every day, fighting off these demons, fighting suicide demons, fighting all kinds of different demons and still be slaying them on a daily basis, even with all of my hindrances. They had demons stacked on top of me. I couldn't breathe in the spirit. And I still was killing demons. That's how powerful the Lord made me. So if this demon shows up and actually shows up in my face, do you know how bold that is? That's so bold to the point where it's like you're definitely being inflamed by the Holy Spirit. You can't even be in my presence. You can't even come in my vicinity without being inflamed by the Holy Spirit. So you push past all of that. This demon is burning on fire. And this demon boldly pushed past all of that in order to get in my face. To put fear in my heart. But let me tell you something. As scary as that may sound, no, 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 I'm going to use a worldly reference, but like I said, I don't like to get too crazy with the worldly references. But if you've ever seen I Am Legend, when that cancer patient, remember when they turned into zombies and kind of like creatures and were climbing up walls and stuff, they didn't come out in the sun. But that one day, that cancer patient came out in the sun and burned just to, just to say, I'm going to get you. That's what the demon did. It burned, sat there burning, being inflamed by the Holy Spirit. They feel fire all over their bodies. Or spirits, whatever, you know, because they don't, they don't have bodies. They need yours. This demon burned in order to be in my face. That is so bold. That is so bold. Because 
you can't come a certain distance without feeling that heat. And you decided to stay in my face. No, you, you decided to get all the way in my face and use my face to laugh while you burned. Trust me, this is not a normal burn. This is a this is a hotter than hellfire burn. So would a demon do that unless they were already going to die anyways? So it was indicative of two things. One, demons can get really bold, especially the very dangerous ones. And two, they usually only get that bold at the end of their life. They figure, what's the point? I'm about to die anyways. About to get sent back to hell. So I was I was at first very upset because of course that's what the demon showed up to do to make me upset. I'm already crying over another black man dying in my city. And I just cried yesterday about another one. And I think it was like two. So I'm already crying about that. And this demon shows up and says, This demon is laughing. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm gonna see if I can get three tomorrow. And this demon is bragging. Like demons don't brag in a in a in a weak way. They not. I don't want to. You know. I don't ever want to highlight them or put any type of hype over their name. But what I'm telling you is that demons say the worst things that they could possibly ever say. The things that they know would get to you, because they're already suffering. So anybody who's already suffering, you know what what how that feels and what that's like. They do the worst things that they can possibly do so that you could possibly feel just a piece of their suffering. But the fact of the matter is, is that they're liars and they have to make it seem as if you're suffering as much as them. When in reality, they're suffering far more, which is why they're so desperate to get you to suffer just just even just a piece, especially when you're with Jesus. Even a piece is good enough for them because you'll never feel their suffering ever with Jesus. So... This demon says to me, you crying over these black men who killed them, who kill each other for nothing. And he's telling me, even though demons lie, you can't really believe anything that they say. But this demon is telling me this one, this one killed each other, killed each other over a girl. This one killed each other over like 30 to a hundred dollars. This one, oh, he just did that. He was jealous. The demon is telling me these things, but you can't really believe a demon. But the way that he's telling me is almost as if I know it's true what you're saying, because you know that that's the only thing that you could say to hurt me more right now. It's to tell me why these people are dying and the small reasons they're dying for. And of course, I know in my spirit, I'm saying to my, I said to the demon, doesn't matter what you said that they died for. I know it was you. And I know that. These men actually didn't deserve that kind of death. And I know that they're actually better people than what it looks like. So I'm still going to pray for them and I'm still going to mourn them, mourn their death as if they were the most sovereign citizen I've ever met in my life. Because I know behind what anybody sees and what behind what people actually know is you in the spirit. They didn't really die over that $30. They died because it was a spirit operating behind them like you. And demon says... Just because the demon knows that that's that's what's really going to hurt me. Only the truth. The demon says, yup. And I do it every day. 
and I love it. And they're doing it right now. And I'm going, you know, I'm going to go make sure that I go and I try and get somebody to kill somebody as soon as I'm done here. And so while speaking to this demon, obviously, you know, I don't feel enlightened or anything. I know all of this stuff already. You know this stuff in the spirit. We know these things. We know this stuff. But we ignore it because we feel like there's no way out. And so the demon forced a smile on my face. This happened at least a week in a row. But that was the demon's last week. And so I forced a smile back off my face. And the demon just laughed. And the laugh was very, I'm going to tell you this demon's spirit, this demon's character was reflective of how a lot of black men in my city actually act on a daily basis and so it was so reflective of what actually is going on that's not ever them demons need bodies and so how is all of these different men acting the same way it's because of this spirit He's operating all these different men's bodies. He's getting them to kill each other. He's getting them to rob each other. He's getting them to lie on each other. He's getting them to hate each other. And he's in my face laughing about it. So Jesus told me, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because what you need to know is that the way that that demon showed up. Remember, notice, has that demon ever been that bold before? The way that that demon showed up, he's been hiding from you all the way up until now. But now he's in your face. What does that mean? His time is up. So take solace in that. Know that the only reason he's trying to hurt you is because his time is up. He's dying. So we all are really demon slayers. <laughs> To be quite honest with you, we really all are demon slayers, but it comes down to the point where I'm really one in a few. One of many. Lately. And that being said, I want you to understand that there's nothing that a demon can do to keep that can keep you from demon slaying if that's what you are. Like I said, I was smoking weed every day, drinking every day fighting suicide demons going about my life however i saw fit and that was not the right way and i'm not bragging about it i'm telling you that these are the demons i was fighting on a daily basis so they can't keep you from demon slaying whilst all of that whilst fighting all of these different demons i still was slaying them i still was hunting them down and getting rid of them so if you're a demon slayer there's no demon on this earth that can keep you from that. Trust me. Jesus has placed such a power in you that nobody can take. Nothing can take. No principality, no power of darkness, no unclean spirit, not Satan himself can take that from you unless you hand it over. And since I'm not handing it over, and I'm telling you right now, you don't just hand it over. I'm telling you, who you are in the spirit is way more willing than who you are in the flesh. You might say in your flesh, I don't know what I would do. But your spirit knows that they would never do anything like that. Just like we know who we are on the inside. But we have to, you know, we have to be, we have to walk around and be reflective of who people see us as. Because that's just the world we live in right now. 
And I say right now because the Lord made me a promise. God made me a promise. He made us a promise. That he's going to wake our people up. He's going to restore the true Hebrew Israelites to their to their position as the true holy nation to lead over and carry other nations. Not carry, lead other nations and rule over other nations. And he's going to use me to do it. And everything's going to go back to how it's supposed to, how he, how he originally anticipated it being. What he had hoped for. What he had wished and prayed had never changed. Nothing had ever gotten away of. That being us being who we're supposed to be. That being us actually living out the Ten Commandments. Forgiving each other. Walking in love with each other. Not killing each other for no reason. Not harboring hate. Not able to be used by these demons. Because God says sin is crouching at the door. But you can conquer it. And that's what we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis. Conquering sin. That. Our men taking responsibility. Our women. Being so powerful. Growing these children, raising these children to be just as powerful, if not more. General, generational curses being broken forever off everyone. Peace, finally. Real love. Revelations. Evil gone. Demons defeated. Sin defeated. Powerless. Satan in the lake of brimstone and fire with all of his fallen angels where he belongs. This is what God promised me. This is what he promised us. And whether you believe it's going to happen or not, it's going to happen with or without your help. So the only advice I can give is that you help. One, because you're going to want those benefits of helping. Trust me. Two, because what are you getting out of not helping? You get to continue on living how you were before. Probably a few more consequences because if the demons can't get to the ones who are helping, who you think they're going to take it out on? The ones who aren't? So how can I help? If I'm not helping, how can I help pray and trust and just believe it's going to happen? Because even that thought of that's never happening. I can't see that ever happening. Or yeah, right. It's been 2,000 years or more. That ain't happening. Just even that thought is taken away from the help we need. Because when Jesus went back to his hometown, why wasn't he able to help the people around? Because they had no faith. Everywhere else he was performing miracles. Healing leprosy when there's no cure. Making people walk who never have been able to walk before. Healing blindness that's never been done before him. All because they believed in him. Why? Because they didn't, they weren't like the people who grew up with him and said, we grew up with him. We watched him run around here until he got the age he is now. And now you're telling me he can heal blindness? Yeah, right. But he could. And they know that he did. And they seen him cast out demons. But yet they still had no faith. Faith is important. You have to believe he can do it. Because you can even see it with your own eyes and still tell yourself that never happened if you have no faith. If you're that stuck in that perspective and mindset, God said, forget everything you think, you know, and have faith and trust him. 
that's the only that's not the only way but that is the best way to help you don't have to actually go and kill somebody you don't have to actually go and fight somebody you're already doing it in a spirit when you decide i believe this is going to happen this is going to happen for us be that kind of warrior be the warrior that can't be touched because nobody's going to convince you that that's not happening that's the best way to fight now if you want to be or do more than that pray pray for everybody pray for everything and try your best to see any type of action that you may be doing or conveying that you see a lot of other people participating in if you see any type of sin or something that you're doing that you see everybody else doing, you need to understand and try to give yourself a new perspective that maybe that's a spirit working through me. Because it doesn't make sense that everybody's acting the same. We're all different. We all have different fingerprints. So why would we all be doing the same thing? And it's the wrong thing. So that's a spirit. Fight that spirit. Because I'm telling you right now, ever since the Lord put me on commission, ever since he gave me a mission, ever since he has me fighting, these demons haven't got up off of me. They haven't left me alone a second. They fight me. They stalk me. They spy. They oppress. That's all that they do. Because they know that their time is up. It's all coming to a close. You want to be on a winning team. Trust me. But anyone who's thinking, I can't do that. I'm not that good of a person. That's not reflective of who I am. I'm not good enough for that. All you have to do is believe you are. You don't even have to do anything. Just believe you are. Because that's the devil. The devil's right in your ear right now. You just can't hear him. He's talking about, you're not good enough to do that. Look at what you do on a daily basis. You couldn't ever do that. You couldn't handle that. You're not good enough. You can't be used. Tell them to find somebody else. That's too much for you. And what you need to do right now is decide. No matter who it is I look like or what it is I look like I'm doing, I'm good enough. Anybody can be used. We're all being used. I'm more than good enough. I'm worthy. Especially if you believe you can't, you're not good enough right now. Just know it's a special demon assigned to you, keeping you from that. So just imagine the power you have that they're trying to keep you from seeing. Nobody ever comes and tells somebody who they think is who they're not intimidated by. You're not going to be able to win because they already feel like they're not going to be able to win. They just leave them alone. You're not being left alone. You're being bothered. You're being hindered. You're being oppressed. You're more than good enough. You're worthy. They're afraid of your power. Use it. And the, on, the only thing you have to do to use it is say, I'm good enough. I can help. My prayers work. My prayers mean something. I believe that God is going to restore us. I believe that Jesus was really the only perfect man and came in the flesh is the only perfect man excuse me and came in the flesh to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and guess what he's here right now i'm on his side he's going he always wins he's already won that's all you have to do 
that's really all you have to do now i get that these demons are very crafty they are very thirsty they're gonna fight you every second of every day as soon as you truly believe it so believe it and don't change your mind don't change your mind because the worst thing that you can do is go all in with christ and then turn away from him because what you don't understand is that they'll leave soon as you believe in Christ, soon as you love him, soon as you decide on him, they'll leave. But as soon they're waiting right at the door, as soon as you say, nah, I don't believe it anymore, they come back in with seven more. And it's way worse than it ever started. So I don't want to encourage anybody by saying, it's better sometimes it's better to not ne ever have believed in him because it's never better to not ever have believed in him i'm telling you right now you always need to believe in him because what's worse than them coming back with seven more is never having got that chance to experience the peace to begin with i'm telling you it's more than anybody deserves so even if you feel as if i don't know i might miss make a mistake i might mess up get your peace get your peace that's yours. Don't let nobody keep you from it. And trust me, don't be afraid because as soon as you get that peace, you'll find out that it's really not what it looks like. They're losing all the time. They're desperate. They need you to not believe this. As long as you're believing, you're winning. Don't be intimidated by them. Don't be afraid and don't let them keep you from your peace. Don't let them keep you from your inheritance. You should see how rich God is. Even just a piece of whatever it is he's offering is so much more than anybody on this earth could ever have. Everybody on this earth put together could ever have. So nothing on this earth is worth more. That being said, his spiritual gifts are obviously the most rewarding. And you can't be worried about money. But if you are, obviously he has all of that too. So, I guess that I really just wanted to come and encourage some more people because it's not fair, you know, that we as black people don't know that Jesus is black. Our whole lives we've seen him portrayed as white and that never stopped us from believing in him. Well, some, some it has. But what I'm telling you is that when you know that he's black, it's a different type of understanding. It's a different type of belief. It's a different type of, it's a different level of spirit. You want to be there. You definitely want to be there. <laughs>